Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Special Sunday night live stream. Uh, too much going on. Jerry Hamilton and I are going to step in and answer some questions uh, today, as well as uh, get some other things going for you guys. Uh, Jerry, we got to start with the biggest news of the week, uh, right? And that is the commitment of K.J. Lacey, the talented quarterback out of Sarah Land, Alabama, uh, commits to the Longhorns, 6A state champ, 3,000-plus uh, yards passing, 40 TDs, four uh, touchdowns rushing. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, he Texas went in there, and it looks like they stole one from Alabama. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. a big one. It's a, it's a huge one. And by the way, uh, A.J. Milwe, congrats to him on being able to vacation the rest of the summer. His work's pretty much done. 24's committed, 25's committed. I mean, like – Hey, enjoy your two months in Hawaii or wherever you're going. Wherever you're going now. I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, KJ Lacey's a huge, huge win. I mean, Bobby, we talked about this last year, and this is a bigger one because it's a two, it's going to be a two-year build now for this kid who's entering his junior year. Texas had never gone into the state of Florida and taken signed the number one running back in the country. In the history of the program, had never gone to Florida and done that. Texas has never gone to Mobile, Alabama and taking a quarterback that Nick Saban wanted and Lane Kiffin wanted and Auburn wanted and Tennessee wanted. That's never happened. And, and I kind of wrote that this morning. I mean, you know, when you start looking at the list of guys from Mobile, you know him and I know him. Mark Barron, Chris Samuels, TJ Yeldon, Nick Fairley, the list goes on, AJ McCarron, the list goes on and on. You know where they all went? SEC except Rodney Hudson went to FSU. Julio hey. Jones. I mean, you just keep going. Ryan Anderson, you keep going down the list. Texas is – that Texas has never appeared in Mobile on one of those kids. Hey, DJ Fluker. Fluker, there you go. I mean, there's a first-rounder. I mean, they, they've had so many. Let's take some, take a look at some film of Lacey, yeah. uh, Jerry, because I think that, you know, it's, it's one thing for you and I to talk about players – um, and talk about how good they are or aren't or whatever you want to say, right? It's another thing for people to be able to see them. That's right. I mean, when you see this guy throw the football, you realize right away he has some talent, and it has to do with his arm. It has to do with his feet, his ability to keep his head up while he's looking yes. downfield. I mean, just look at that. I mean, against his body, dart. I mean, Look, that's a throw that we saw Quinn Ewers make in high school and you saw Arch Manning make in high school. Those are throws that the really highly ranked guys make, right, Bobby? I mean, it, Matt Stafford made throws like that. So it, it's all the same with a lot of these guys that have the ability to, to, to make plays and throws outside the pocket, especially going left right, and then throw back across their body. That's the really top high-end guys. And, and, and so you take everything you watch there on film, and then you see the play where he's rolling left, he throws back across his body, throws a dime in the end zone. That's the different throws these guys can make. Then they just have to hone it all in. I think I, I called it yesterday, he throws like a shortstop. Yep. Kind of like uh, Colt McCoy did, kind of like Bryce Young does. Yep. Uh, just real quick, compact motion, gets it out fast. Uh he has a stronger arm than Colt did coming out for sure. Uh, and, and look, this is a kid that was 155 pounds his freshman year playing at Daphne, right around there. 5'11", then he transfers to Saraland. Now he's, you know, knocking on the door at 6'1", and about 175, 180. 
he's not even strong yet. I mean, that's the crazy thing is he's going to get stronger. His arm's going to get stronger. His lower body's going to get stronger. He's going to add more power to his game as a passer. And so that's the thing you look at with this and say that's scary now because where he's different to me is he's got really good feet in the pocket, Bobby. I mean, like he's a guy that you say, okay, he can play under duress. And you see that there. And even though they won state and they beat everybody except uh, they got beat once, they're 14 and one, but he did play under duress because they played a, you know, this as well as anybody, they play a tough schedule in that region. I mean, Daphne, yeah, you know, Theodore, I mean, you know, Spanish Fort, I mean, those are not gimmies. Those are good, big jumbo athletes that can run. So he plays under duress, and he's making plays under duress at a young age on a team that just won the 6A title. I, I think he's tremendous. I, I think uh, you could make me watch these highlights 10 times, you know, <laughs> and I'd still be okay with it. All right, we're going to take, uh, take some questions from you guys tonight, uh, but we're not going to just talk about K.J. Lacey uh, either. Uh, Longhorns had some other uh, information come out of the weekend. Jerry was up in Austin, did a couple of reports for us uh, as well uh, yesterday. Uh, the news on Inside Texas in the last 24 hours. I don't know if everybody's gotten a chance to check it out, but it, it's been pretty amazing the amount of uh, content everyone's put out. Uh, really appreciate that, Jerry. I know uh, the fans do as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about next. I want to go to Reiner Swanson, the yep. Titan, who was on his official visit to Texas. You caught up with him personally after the visit. Young man out of Laguna Beach. Uh, he's uh, sounding good for Texas at this point, but he still has other visits to go. Yeah, I mean, look, Reiner Swanson, the one quote he said that sticks with me is, I feel like Texas is the best place for me to go that's going to develop me into an NFL tight end. If he comes out of the Oregon visit and says the same thing, I'll change my tune. If he comes out of the Oregon visit and doesn't give that exact quote about Oregon, then that's very telling for Texas. Um, look, he thought – the other thing he said that, that really caught my attention uh, talking to him outside of the new house uh, Saturday was how intelligent and smart he thought the Texas coaches were that he was around. Sarkeesian, Banks, Flood, all those guys, Emil Wee. So he said two things that really – make you believe Texas is in a pretty good or really good spot right now. He has Oregon coming up this weekend. As of right now, he says the recruitment's going into the fall. BYU's the third team. Utah and AM, he even admitted they're on the peripheral. They may get visits. They may not. So I think the big question with Reiner Swanson's recruitment right now is, one, can Oregon cut into Texas' lead? I'm not sure BYU's not the number two on on the list ahead of Oregon heading in this weekend. I'm not saying for sure, but it, I he left some question there for me just doing this a long time. And the the biggest question then is he actually going to take this to the fall? And you're about to see a 6'4", 235-pound guy, which he is in person, with tremendous soft hands and really good body control. The body control sticks out to me. Uh, and yes, I hope he goes to Texas because I want to go to Laguna Beach and 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 evaluate and see him as a senior. You know, that's a good trip. Uh, but I, I think Texas is in a good spot for him. Um, and I, I just think he sees the Texas offense. He sees what Jatavian Sanders has done there. Um, he can open up and run a little bit, too. I mean, he doesn't play against the best competition in Cali, but he's just a really good player. Um, at some level, it just doesn't matter. Just watch the way his body moves, right? And the way he can accelerate enough at 240 pounds. He's not Brock Bowers, but he is a good athlete. 
Uh, but I think Texas is in a good spot for him. The biggest question with his recruitment is, is this, this really going to the fall? Does he really take an official to BYU? If he does, it can get interesting, I think, uh, with BYU. If he doesn't, now this is Texas is the loser right now, I think. I've got a couple more topics, and then we're going to get to people's yep. questions. Jerry, we got an hour here tonight, so folks, get your questions in now if you can. Uh, we'll get to them as quickly as we can uh, and go to that. But first, I want to talk about uh, Corian Gibson, a uh, young man that visited uh, Clemson over the weekend out of Lancaster, defensive back. Texas has been a top target. He's been one of Texas' tar top targets, I guess, for two years now. Blake get, get, Gideon has personally recruited him. Terry Joseph is personally recruiting him. Steve Sarkeesian is personally recruiting him. But Clemson made a real effort with him about two or three months ago and slipped into perhaps that uh, pole position. He went for an official visit this weekend. What's the very to Clemson? What's the very latest on Corey and Gibson? Well, look, we've heard nothing about him committing to Clemson. Look, this is this is visit processes. This stuff. Um, it can change, uh, but this is really the key thing for me with Gibson. There's a few things, but let's start with this. You know how Dabo works. He tries to get these kids in the boat, especially this first weekend, especially right after signing day when they seem to get those kids committed. So he's had Gibson on campus twice. He went uh, in this spring and got offered. He went back for the spring game. Now he just went on the June 2nd, fourth official visit. That's normally a recruitment. And I'm not trying to jinx it for Texas. That's normally a recruitment. If Clemson's going to win, they lock that thing down now. And the visits don't really go on. Um, so if he makes goes through the visit process, which is Alabama the 9th through 11th, Ohio State the 16th through 18th, then Texas the 23rd through 25th, you have to like Texas' chances at that point. Because that would not be a recruitment Dabo normally wins, especially in Texas. Um, so we'll have to see. Uh, but I think, look, I, I think Texas has a good handle on this recruitment. Uh, I think they know Clemson is their competition. That is his dream offer. Uh, when I was at Lancaster three weeks ago, I went the day after I went to Duncanville. Uh, what he told me that was interesting is that his mom kind of wants him to get away from Dallas. Okay. Um, does that mean Clemson or does that mean Austin? You know, that's the question. Um, so if, if the mom pushes an out of state, get away from home, experience something different, that could hurt Texas a little bit. Uh, but I know, I know this Corian's really close with Jordan Johnson, Rubel, the safety that's originally from Fort Worth Brewer, who's at IMG. Um, I think that one's trending Texas. I think Corian Gibson, he's originally from Fort Worth. That's how they know each other. Right. Um, so look, if he does not commit to Clemson here in the next few days, I think that's really good news for Texas if he keeps going through this visit process because that's just not regularly how Clemson and Dabo win these recruitments. Now, not in Georgia, but I'm saying outside of that area. Yep. All right. Appreciate the update there. Good news so far, in other words, for Corey and Gibson, but not out of the woods quite yet. Good, yeah. Good way to put it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Oh, oh, I have got one thing. The visit on to, to Texas, that's his birthday weekend. So that's the other thing. I I, I kind of jokingly asked Corin at Blancaster. I said, "You are you going to be committed to Clemson, or are you actually going to be on a visit your birthday weekend?" And he just kind of smiled. <laughs> Good stuff, Jerry Longhorns also uh, doling out some new scholarship offers over the weekend. Uh, I count five. There may have been one I'm missing here, uh, but it ran the gamut: uh, defensive lineman, two offensive linemen, a cornerback, and a tight end. 
Uh, one in the class of, or excuse me, two in the class of 2025. Uh, an East Texas guy we'll talk to Justin Wells about uh, tomorrow. Demetrius Brisbane out of Chapel Hill, plays quarterback uh, for them in Tyler. Uh, but he's being recruited as a uh, either a wide receiver or a defensive back. I'll talk to, to Justin about him. And then Ethan Utley, a big offensive lineman, or excuse defensive. me, defensive lineman yeah. out of Nashville, Tennessee, Endsworth High School, uh, big private school up in Nashville. And then two offensive linemen, one in 26 or one in 25, Ty Thomas out of Dickinson. That's yeah. another 315-pound guy. Yep. Um, then we have Ben McWhorter out of Georgia. He's a 2026 player. And then a 2027 tight end, Zane Rowe. He's only 14 years old. He's going to Denton Geyer next year, uh, and he has already got a scholarship from the University of Texas. Jeff Banks, the Texas tight ends coach, obviously doing a lot of work. Jerry, those guys, any of them surprise you? Any any uh, thoughts on that? Well, it's always surprising when a 14-year-old gets offered at an elite camp, right? That means they, they see something a little different. Like A&M offered him early in the spring. Then he had a run of offers in the last 24, 48 hours. Uh, and leading up to the Texas offer. So he's a guy that when these these coaches see him in person, they're like, we got to kind of throw out the, out the window that he's 14, and he's a very projectable guy. Now, that's always interesting to me because Dylan Moses was offered by everybody, and he's not in the NFL, <laughs> you know? But uh, Roe is a, is a very talented kid, also talented on the basketball court. So he he's that double talent. I'm not saying he's a D1 basketball player. He's a tight end body type. Uh, but it's always interesting when that guy's offered. Ty Thomas, I've been saying on Inside Texas, I'd put him on offer watch. Um, look, Kyle Flood had gone by there in May, and, and and I talked to somebody close to the Dickinson program, and you know what? Kyle Flood used the term with them, large human, and whenever that term's thrown out, you pretty much put a kid on offer watch that's talented enough. Uh, so that's um, that's not a surprise um, at all that he was offered. Bear, Bear McWhorter out of Georgia, Look, again, Kyle Flood went to see Daniel Calhoun and Marietta, then went out um, to uh, uh, went out to see Bear McWhorter in Cartersville area as well. Uh, not, a, not a surprise he was offered because when he walked up Saturday to the north end zone uh, at DKR, he, had a, he was a large human at a young age, 6'4", 285. <laughs> so he fits it. Uh, Brisbane's a run of the better athletes in East Texas. I mean, Justin Wells will, will talk about that, but – like you said, he's a high school quarterback uh, that's a very talented athlete. You know what he kind of reminds me of? The guys that Jeff Trailer had at Gilmer back in the day when he was rolling there. That's a, He reminds me of those. And I'm not saying he's that good. The Curtis Brown type guys he had that you could say, okay, this guy could play corner. He could play wide out. But whatever he does, he's got a chance to be really good. So he's one of those East Texas kids that you see. It's a multi-sport athlete uh, that has a chance to be really good wherever they put him at the next level. That makes total sense. All right. Speaking with Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com and on three, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, this is a special Sunday night live stream. Get your questions in. Please do. Uh, we're here for you. Uh, Jerry, let's go ahead and just get going. How about it? You ready for it? Yeah, um, let's do it. I've, I've got one that I want to start with um, because it mentions a guy I ha we haven't talked about a lot uh, from Shavam Patel. Hey, Bobby and Jerry, huge fan of your work and subscriber to Inside Texas. Jerry and I thank you for that. Are we still in the mix for Ryan Wingo, or is that a long shot? I thought he was – he's not a long shot other than it's just a big boy recruitment, right? Yeah, and, and I think because the visit uh, the official visit was scheduled later that I think people are saying, okay, well, Georgia, Missouri, Notre Dame, they all have, you know, a better runway in this one. 
But here's the thing. Like, I talked to Ryan Wingo, uh, or Keith Niebuhr talked to Ryan Wingo last week at the uh, in Nashville at the On3 NIL Elite Series. And what Wingo said was Steve Sarkeesian's been personally recruiting him. So Sark has been recruiting him even through the wide receiver chain, coaching change. Uh, because Wingo was on campus in June. I think he was there for an unofficial the same week in Arch Manning. Malik Muhammad, those guys were there for an official visit uh, last last year in June, a year ago in June. So Wingo's been on campus before. His family's been on campus before. He was at Georgia this weekend. He goes to Michigan next weekend. Then he has Texas on the 16th. Then he has Missouri on the 23rd. The question here with a lot of these kids, you know, you get down to it with Wingo, um, Colin Simmons, Micah Hudson, when are these guys going to decide? So, uh, 75, 80% of these kids are going to decide before their senior year. Right now, some of these guys, Wingo's one of them saying, I don't know if I'm going to commit in September. It may go to the fall. It may go all the way to December. So we kind of got to see what that timeline ends up being. But look, you're one of three uh, summer official visits. You got a chance, especially when Sark's been recruiting him. I think Arch Manning is quietly involved in that recruitment because Ryan, one of the things Ryan Wingo said to me that stuck out, or st- said to Keith Niebuhr, I should say, it stuck out was, Austin, he feels like it's a big enough city where he can have a life outside of football and get away from football. Have you heard that before? I mean, Arch Manning said that in his recruitment. That sounds like a message to me. <laughs> uh, so uh, Texas is uh, – they're all in on Ryan Wingo. No, that's great. Uh, sounds like Texas – with stacking up these quarterbacks. That's we've it. talked about it. Got two really good receivers last year, three probably with Ryan Niblett now on, on campus and, and Eric Nalene, our publisher at Inside Texas – reporting that already in the first week uh, they've clocked Ryan Niblett at 22 miles per hour on, on uh, uh, I don't know, he can't have pads on, but still that's just absolutely blazing fast. Uh, very impressive uh, group of receivers now joining these quarterbacks, right? right? And that's part of the whole process. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, um, it, it's interesting, like the KJ Lacey, um, one of the things with him, I talked to DeCorian Moore today, uh, I talked to Landon Rink today, but one of the things, DeCorey and Moore, the message from Sarkeesian was, KJ Lacey's going to be here. I'm going to put the best guys around you, and we're going to help you get where you want to go. And when when you have big-time quarterbacks coming in class after class or every other class, that is a really easy and solid and smart message in recruiting. <laughs> Because what receivers, what tight ends? I mean, you know, Ryan Swanson saying that's the best place I think I can go and make it to the NFL as a tight end. Yes, what Jatavian Sanders is doing, but also the guys throwing you the ball that are set up there. I, I Look, I'm a big believer in, in quarterback recruiting, uh, helping your class. I, I just I wrote an article for Inside Texas this morning, Jerry. I mean, I just don't know that Texas has ever been stacked like this. Over, like, Of course they have, I guess, if you consider – Chris Sims, Vince Young, Colt McCoy, kind of in that three right. ring, three ring, uh, kind of back to back to back situation. But Sark's doing something a little special right now. That's that's pretty pretty darn good. I want to mention this. You talked about the NIL event in Nashville uh, last week and what came out of it uh, with Ryan Wingo uh, from Joseph M. We all saw Colin Simmons's on three interview. LSU and Texas lead. I'd like to hear Bobby, Jerry's take on that interview and if there are any indications that maybe we miss as fans. Jerry? Uh, no, I think this is where it's at. I mean, look, I think Colin, at the end of the day, if it was just about him, may prefer LSU. 
but mom's involved, brother's involved. Um, one thing I was told at Duncanville a few weeks ago when I was there in May is that they expect him to stay very close to home. Look, he's going to take the Miami visit. He's going to take the Oregon visit. He may go visit Florida or Georgia. Uh, but the, the expectation is he's staying close to home. And that really gets you down to LSU, Texas, and maybe even Texas A&M under serious consideration. That school was mentioned at Duncanville. I don't think that's ultimately where he goes. I think it's going to be LSU or Texas. I don't think Colin said anything that's not expected. Um, I, at Inside Texas, I've been kind of saying after I talked to him, look, this feels like an LSU-Texas battle. And I'll say this, at Duncanville High, there's a few LSU-Texas battles right now. DeCorian Moore, who we're going to get into. I think that's his recruitment. The top two, I think Texas leads LSU right now. Alex January. I think Texas leads LSU headed into these June official visits for him. Uh, I think JV on holiday, the, the defensive back in 2025, the really good friend of the Corian Moore. I think that's Texas LSU. Um, so it, what's interesting there too is uh, Keelan Russell, the Duncanville quarterback, he's going to camp at LSU this week. I'm very interested to see if LSU offers him. He's a really talented quarterback. Now Texas has their guy. He's Texas is off the board in 2025. LSU, may offer Keelan Russell coming up this week and see if how much they can shake things up up there in Duncanville. I'm not saying it will, but uh, he's talented enough to play there. AM offered him, TCU, Ole Miss. Uh, he's a very talented quarterback, but he'll be at LSU June 7th. I'm interested to see who else may show up at LSU with him. I, I think it's just impressive. Oh, yeah. Uh, but this know, is who you want to be battling for these players, Bobby, right? We talk about it all the time. If I you're mean, not battling LSU for these guys, you're you're not getting the best players. If you're no offense, but you don't you don't get the top you don't get the top quarterback in the state of Alabama, maybe in the southeast right. region by not going after them, even though That's they're right. in the state of Alabama with you know X number of national championship Nick Saban yep. right next to you. I mean um, you don't get any of that. All right. Hey, Jerry. Hey, 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 but, hey, let's, before the next question, I think we need to po 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 point that out. What Sark and this staff are doing is extremely difficult. You have to go past LSU, who's won two national titles since Texas won theirs, maybe three, um, probably I think two. You're going past Bama, who's won six. Nick's won seven total. You're getting into Georgia where Kirby has currently the best program in college football, and then Clemson's in that state battling for those kids, and Tennessee's kind of ascending under Josh Heupel. Then you're getting into Florida, which I actually think those kids aren't feeling the Florida schools as much. I think that's I, I would recruit Southwest, Central, and Jacksonville, those parts of Florida more than even Texas is right now. That's really – and then Mississippi, who those D linemen that Texas wanted have committed, stayed home, Terrence Hebler, Cameron Beavers – there's a real battles for these guys. Auburn's now got a uh, Hugh freeze. I mean, they're got, they got a little positive momentum. These are real recruiting battles. And for Texas fans, they haven't been in these real battles before. This is the move to the sec. And what this staff is doing and attempting to do is, is impressive and not easy when you haven't been on the winning side, as much as the programs you're recruiting against have been. All right. Uh, I'm teeing this one up for you. I, I waited so long. Just because I like you so much, Jerry, how hard will Texas go after Taz? Uh, I think Taz Williams right out of uh, Red Oak and uh, DeCorian Moore out of Duncanville. Look, the top wide receivers in 2025 that are at the top of near everybody's list. Top two receivers in the country in 2025 are DeCorian Moore at Duncanville. who I think he's the best in the state, period. That's not a shot at Micah Hudson, Taz Williams, any of these guys, Bryant West. I think DeCorian Moore is that talented. 
The other one is Ryan Williams at Sarah Land, who's committed to Bama, who is a teammate of KJ Lacey, um, who was just at LSU. His dad played at Auburn. Um, so the top two receivers in the country, uh, Texas is doing well with DeCorian Moore right now. I think LSU's running second for him. That was the first time this weekend spending one-on-one time with Chris Jackson. And I think that was big to get a feel for Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson get a feel for DeCorian's personality. Um, he stayed two nights in Austin. He came in Friday, didn't leave until today. He spent Saturday night with a lot of the Texas players, including Manny Muhammad and Billy Walton, who he knows uh, from being in that Duncanville, DFW area, that Dallas area. Um, all those kids grew up playing youth ball together. What was interesting this weekend on DeCorian, and before I get to Taz, is Landon Rink, his father Shane Rink, played at Texas. And I didn't even put this together in my head until uh, Coach Rink told me was um, – they grew up in Cedar Hill. Landon grew up in Cedar Hill. His dad was on staff with the Cedar Hill Longhorns before taking a job at Cy Fair. And, and Coach Rink was like, oh, he's here with all of his former youth league teammates. I was like, what? And then he sent me photos, and it was DeCorian Moore. It was Tiger Ridden, the running back at the Soto. His youth league quarterback was Keldon Ryan. Dylan Battle, the defensive lineman out of Timberview, Texas, offered, and a number of other guys. Uh, so it's just interesting – how all these things tie together in recruiting sometimes. I never put together in my head that Landon Rink was on the same youth league team with all these guys, uh, which is just interesting. But I think Texas is doing well with DeCorian Moore. Um, Taz Williams, we'll see. I'm not sure if um, – look, I think DeCorian Moore, Ryan Williams are your top two guys. <laughs> I mean, I think Texas is going hard after those two guys. I think Taz Williams is in the mix. Where he's at in the mix, we'll find out. Uh, but I think he's a very talented guy. I could see him ended up in Texas class, but I'm, I think Texas has some work to do right there. Right now, yeah, it sounds like he's going to be a tough one to pull. Uh, but you know, not out of the not out of the the uh, uh, not out of the gate. It's not not looking bad for Texas. Just right. we'll have to see where it goes. I will say another thing: Red Oak is one of the schools, just like uh, we talked about earlier with Ryan Niblett, that produced a a, a player for Texas, and that is. Warren Roberson in this last class, yeah. the safety, he's already turning some heads and it's only been a week uh, for his professional like approach uh, based on what we're hearing behind the scenes right now. Right. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I, I, nothing surprises me with Warren. Um, if he comes on and does really well, it wouldn't shock me at all. Um, look, there's one thing about Warren Roberson that I think you and I both like. He was very physical. A lot of DBs have to come to college and become physical. Michael Huff had to become physical. You've talked about that, what Dwayne Aquina told you. Um, Malik Muhammad did not have to come to college and be physical in the run game. Warren Roberson, Derek Williams, they don't have to come to college and be physical. They're already physical players. So Warren Roberson, if he can open those hips and he can play in coverage, he's already he is coming to Texas in a great spot because he wants to hit you and knock the ball out and knock your helmet off and knock the ball out of your arms. And that's a good place to start for a guy of his talent. Uh, speaking with Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas on three sports. Uh, Jerry, you and I are talking tonight uh, in part because it's such a big weekend for the Longhorns, and we wanted to recap it, kind of put a cherry on top of it. K.J. Lacey, quarterback out of Sarah Lane, commits to Texas. Uh, Reiner Swanson, first official visit of the June signing period, or of the uh, June official visit period, uh, was in uh, town this weekend. He's uh, apparently had a great visit with Texas. Uh, lots of news going in and around. Uh, we also want to talk a little bit about this current team uh, because we also got a little bit of news that that I prefaced there with Ryan Niblett uh, as well as uh, Warren Roberson about how those 
11 or 12 incoming guys that started school last week, just a week ago, are already performing. Uh, so I do want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and let's just talk a little bit, too, about the team itself tonight. Uh, how would you guys, from Michaela Lines, how would you guys compare this year's secondary against previous years? I personally think this defense is going to be really good, especially the secondary. Jerry, I'm going to pitch this to you, but I want to say what I think first, okay? Yeah. The difference between this secondary and previous secondaries of, say, the last five to seven years, I don't see obvious holes. Yeah. I don't necessarily see a single position where I, where I say, okay, that guy's good, but that guy's okay, but he's not going to play pro football. Right. Every single one of these guys has a chance. Um, and Jaron Thompson is a multi-year starter. J Jalen Catalan has been a multi-year starter uh, at, in the SEC. Uh, you've got Terrence Brooks, Gavin Holmes, and then you add in Jade Barron and uh, Ryan Watts, and you've got your six deep. Right now. No doubt. And look, I, I think this, I think the secondary right now is very good. I think if Catalan's healthy, it has the potential to be go to the next level because I think he's the best pure football player of the group. He's the only All-American of the group, right? It's just whether he's – can he stay healthy for an entire season. I think they're really good. I think he could kind of tip the scales for Texas because he's instinctively on, on another level. If you put his instincts with Jalen Ford's instincts – that's kind of scary. I, I'm not sure, you know, Earl Thomas had unbelievable instincts, and I'm not comparing Catalan as a player. Earl Thomas, a Hall of Fame level player. But it's been a while, Bobby, since we said, okay, maybe Texas doesn't have the best tester guys, uh, but these guys are so instinctive. They play fast because they're always in the right position earlier. They're almost like all like point guards out there. Catalan's like a point guard. Jalen Ford's like a point guard. Anybody that hasn't listened to the Derek Johnson interview, with Jalen Ford that uh, Longhorn Network ran. You can find that on YouTube. I, I Everybody should go listen to that because Derek Johnson gave Jalen Ford some high praise, and that's a Hall of Fame-level player. But, yeah, I, Bobby, I agree. I think there's too deep at, at every position in the secondary. And then, you know, we just mentioned Derek Williams, Warren Roberson. I mean, those guys coming in, are they're going to be ready to push some guys, and that's where that competition's really created, those second-team guys getting pushed by freshmen immediately. Manny Muhammad, not, Manny even, not even a name we mentioned in that category. Uh, he, he was joined by Derek Williams, another one that's looking good early and shouldn't be a huge surprise to us is Derek Williams as well. Um, look, uh, Jelani McDonald, what position is he going to play? It, the Texas secondary, the difference between right now and four or five years ago are numbers. Yeah. Um, they have got numbers. If one guy went down last year, Ryan Watts went down in Oklahoma State, or, or uh, Jaron Thompson went down against uh, Oklahoma State, it was it was questionable what was going to happen on the field afterwards. They're getting numbers. Yeah, and that doesn't mean they're going to be perfect, or, or they're going to be not give up any touchdowns all year. It's just a different caliber of football team that you're potentially putting on the field. All right. Jerry, let's go to another recruiting question. We've got the uh, several more questions coming in. Please keep them coming. We've got about 30 more minutes to go here tonight. We're trying to wrap up this weekend in a good way uh, for everybody. Uh, Jerry, this is a uh, update from Justin Zarr, a question for uh, a request for an update on Brian Wesco, the wide receiver out of Midlothian. Is Texas still pushing? I know they were at one point, and he was going to OU. Then his sister no longer going to OU, so it kind of backed away. 
What's the latest on the young man from Midlothian? Yeah, he was at Clemson this weekend. Um, I think LSU has kind of surged there in that recruitment. Uh, if you look right now, his June official visit schedule's packed. Uh, he's got he was Clemson this weekend. He goes to LSU next weekend. He's got TCU now. He really likes Malcolm Kelly. When I went through Midlothian High um, er, uh, in the fall, um, the word I got was um, at that time was Malcolm Kelly may have been his favorite position coach that was recruiting him. Then he's got Tennessee the twenty third through twenty fifth. So Texas right now does not it doesn't look good. Uh, for Texas in this one, I think Texas has done their best to get this kid on campus. We'll see if he steps foot on campus in June in a midweek. But as of right now, no official visit scheduled. And if he doesn't schedule an official visit in June and he decides for a senior year, that one won't go Texas way. Got it. All right, Jerry, I'm, I'm busy looking through my notes right now. And I'm going to put this question up for you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. So that you can go ahead and get, get it going. Jerry from KD35, I am the best. Thank you for the super chat, 10 bucks. Jerry, update on King Joseph Edwards with Texas. And with the Lacey commitment, does it affect Julian Lewis, the 26th national quarterback out of Georgia? That's a great question. So uh, King Joseph Edwards has always said his recruitment's going into the fall. And he's told me I need to check in with him again. But I hadn't checked in with him in a few weeks because he just told me I'm going to come visit Texas in the fall. Uh, so if that holds true, uh, then we'll we'll see where Texas is at with that. But the question there is, does Texas already have a couple of edges committed before then, right? I mean, it's really up to the guys like Zena, uh, Umo, Umo Zulu, their time to timeline. He's got uh, Texas. He's coming in the 23rd through 25th. There's a couple other edges. They're going to be on campus. So a lot of it's going to depend on what happens here before uh, KJE. But I do think he'll he wants to visit Texas officially during the season. Um, and if Texas has a spot, I do think uh, they'll bring him in in the season. Julian Lewis, I think that's the great question because there was talk. He's out of Carrollton, Georgia. There was talk he was going to reclass to 25. So that put him really on Texas's radar. But now with K.J. Lacey, I just, that's a tough one to see. Um, it really is. I mean, you're not going to get two quarterbacks of that caliber in the same class if he goes to 25. And if he visit 26 at that point, there's going to be some other programs that are going to have a more inviting situation uh, than Arch Manning and K.J. Lacey being on campus at the same time. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. All right, I, following up on the defensive end comment, okay, as well as defensive line, QWERTY asked, any blue-chip blue D-line recruits? Uh, it was my understanding from listening to you last week that ma the majority of the 25 D-linemen would be coming in this upcoming week for a – special camp 
Yeah. And then for the 2020 class of 2024, there's a bunch coming in both on the 16th and the 23rd, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, the, that June the 10th, 11th camp in Austin, that's when a lot of those guys, Dylan Battle from Mansfield Timberview, uh, Carmelo Brooks from Katie Pato, some of those guys are coming in that weekend. They were originally scheduled to come in a third. I think Texas kind of pushed to get them in that weekend. Uh, Zion Williams from Lufkin was at the elite camp Saturday and from all reports looked tremendous. Uh, and that's a kid that Texas is already on 2025 in the state is much better in 2024 on the interior D line. So that's something to know for Texas fans. As far as the 2024s look, Terrence Hebler uh, committing the Mississippi state before the Bama and Texas visits that one hurt both Bama and Texas. They liked him. They tried to get him. They were all in on him. So that takes one option away. Uh, that makes Jaden Jackson out of Brownsburg, Indiana, that IMG even that much bigger because they're similar players, 6'2", 300-pound guys over the ball, tough to move, that can be disruptive forces over the ball or, you know, at that two-tech type of th- position or three. Um, but he's uh, scheduled to come in the 23rd through 25th. He hasn't officially announced that visit, but that's the expected date. He was at Florida this weekend, and he'll go visit Ohio State um, as well as Miami. Uh, but right now, coming out of the spring, it was Texas and Ohio State ahead of Miami, Florida, and Oklahoma. Uh, but then you have, you know, I mentioned Alex January from Duncanville. I think Texas leads LSU. He's got Florida State and Miami also in June. Uh, then there's Ter- uh, TJ Lindsay out of Bryan, Arkansas, is going to IMG his senior year. He was at Auburn this weekend. He'll be at Texas on the 23rd. He also has AM. Uh, and Florida State in the mix, Miami in the mix, I believe, with him too. They have a number of guys. Isaiah uh, Funga, the, the D lineman out of Phoenix City Central, is committed to Utah. His uncle's the D line coach at Utah. Will he actually back off that commitment? If he backs out of that commitment, I think he's going to Texas. We'll see. He's scheduled to be in the 16th through 18th. DeAndre Robinson was at Florida this weekend out of Orlando Jones. Uh, to short choice, Bo Davis or by there in May. They're all in on him. He's scheduled to be at Texas the 16th through 18th around Ohio State and Georgia visits to let, let you know the level prospect he is. So Texas is on the guys. They just have to be able to close out three of them. want to make a quick comment here as well about something totally different. Uh, Texas baseball in the regional uh, tonight, they are in the bottom of the eighth inning. Texas holds a 10-6 to six lead over Miami. This is the Miami regional. regional. They're playing in Coral Gables. Uh, David Pierce and his team uh, won 4-1 to one last night. Uh, against Miami, uh, LeBaron Johnson, big left-hander, threw 130 pitches for a complete game to beat uh, Miami tonight. Texas up 10 to six. They will take Texas will take the lead into the ninth inning uh, because they Texas is the home team since they came out of the winners bracket. If Texas wins, I think the Horns could be playing Texas A and M. That's in. Yeah. In the uh, super regional this coming, at, week. and that would be at A and M. Yeah, well, it, is is that for sure at this point? I don't think for sure. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and act like I I know for sure, but I think that's what people are saying. Okay, gotcha. All right, here we go. Let's get going. Keep going here a little bit. Uh, Jerry, next one uh, from Josephine. Any update on Jarrett Gibson? Yeah, I think Jarrett Gibson remains the same. Um, he's a Texas uh, Texas lean until uh, proven otherwise. Um, he was at Georgia this weekend. He will visit Miami next weekend, which is the competition for Texas. Um, and that's who emerges the competition for Texas on Cedric Baxter until Baxter committed to Texas in Florida State during the season. Uh, but I, I think Miami's the competition for uh, for Texas with Jarrett Gibson. He went down there twice in the spring. There's a few IMG guys there. 
Obviously, it's an easy trip from IMG. He's a Gainesville kid. But he's, you know, look, Keith Niebuhr talked to him at Nashville and sent us that interview as well, which I published on Inside Text. You can go find that. What Jarek said about Tashard Choice is why I'll bet on Texas until I'm wrong. He said not only is does he have the best relationship with Tashard Choice of any position coach, his family does. So there's a trust there. And we've heard this before. Um, so, look, this is Texas recruitment to lose. Um, Texas is only bringing in two running backs on official visits, Christian Clark, the 16th to 18th, and Jarrett Gibson. So there's a lot of confidence on the Texas side right now. You don't always get these guys you're confident on, but Texas is certainly confident in the running back position. Uh, so I think Jarrett Gibson is Texas lean over Miami, um, and then he'll visit Tennessee on the 16th to 18th. And I don't think after too long after the Texas visit, it, it, he won't go that long uh, until he makes his decision. Holy Frioli boy has the next question. It's a perfect segue, Jerry, after talking about Jarrett Gibson. In the recruitment of Colin Simmons, Micah Hudson, Jarrett Gibson, and Kobe Black, which scenario is most likely for, for Texas to secure those five stars? I don't necessarily – I mean, just give us your, your thought. Simmons is Texas, LSU. Micah Hudson is thought to be Texas and Texas Tech, possibly A&M and Ohio State. Yeah. Gibson, Texas, Miami, Tennessee – Kobe Black, where's that recruitment at? I think Texas is a, the favorite in state. He's going to visit Ohio State. Um, I think LSU, Bama, AM, they're all trying to make that run at him. But uh, I, I think that one's a Texas lead right now. Jarrett Gibson, I think he's actually a four star guy, high four star guy, Texas lead. Micah Hudson, if he goes to December, toss up, who knows? I mean, that one's a tough one. Um, but I, you know, look, I think Texas Tech has, has a legit shot at him. Um, I, I don't think this is some joke. With Texas Tech, he's visiting the 9th through 11th, their big weekend. He's visiting Texas the 23rd through 25th. He's going to both those schools on their marquee big weekends. Um, I mean, Joseph Jonah Jaune is going to be at Texas Tech that weekend. So this is the weekend Tech throws everything at these guys. Um, so I think that's a real recruitment with Texas Tech. And so we'll see what happens. A lot of with Simmons, Hudson, those guys, if they take it into the fall, I think these it could bode well for Texas if they have a good season. Jerry, I'm going to ask you a question. It's just me yeah. asking you, okay? How well do you think Texas fared this weekend with the amount of amount and quality of players they had on campus and the early results that you've heard? I think that, I think they had a great weekend. When a quarterback commits, that's already a great weekend, right? Um, but Michael Fasusi, I saw somebody had a question about him. I think the uh, 2025 offensive tackle out of Louisville. I think Texas leads big there. Um, you know, so I, I think they they you know, got Juan, Ga, um, Juan Gaston, a, a large human from Atlanta Westlake uh, on campus. Uh, him and his mom came in from the Atlanta area. I think they had some guys on campus out of state that are real targets for them. And they put themselves in a position to actually have a chance in some of those recruitments. But I think the in-state guys, DeCorey and Moore spending two days. JV and Holiday with him spending two days in Austin. These guys just didn't drive down Saturday and drive back. There were some guys that stayed overnight spent some real time around the staff and players, but there's an energy right now around Texas. And I think that's the patient game is where Sarkeesian and these guys are, are, are they're smart and they're maintaining what they have done. Um, I don't want to call it hype, but there's a good energy around Texas headed in this season. I think the players are positive. I think you got a number of guys that are future NFL draft picks. I think you have the freshman, the, the Kelvin Banks of the world, who are freshman All-American, saying great things. Uh, Jarrett Gibson said 
Cedric Baxter told him everything I was told in the recruiting process has been true since I got to Texas. So things are lining up to where they get these kids on campus. They're hearing the right things from the staff and the players at Texas. And players still recruit players, even in the NIL day and age. Because if you come in and the locker room's nasty and kids have negative things to say, those kids aren't going to that school. Um, or, so they're, or they're leaving them in droves. Right, exactly. And that's the other thing, Bob. It's a great point. The kids aren't portaling out at Texas. I mean, this spring, some guys could have. They stayed. I mean, so I think, you know, when you recruit the level Texas has and those kids are happy, and, and the main thing they're saying is everything I was told in the recruiting process has been true. I mean, and then you have into this season, Anthony Hill, good chance to start at Will Backer, right? Malik Muhammad's at least second team at corner. Cedric Baxter's at least second team at running back, right? John Tay Cook, DeAndre Moore going to be on the field. Um, it, it, multiple, uh, a lot of these freshmen are going to be second. Leon LaFowle, maybe second team linebacker, right? Um, then you have your 22 class. You know, Ethan Burke's a starter, right? I mean, and he's still got a ways to go, but these kids are playing. And they're not just playing, they're starting and they're competing for starting jobs. That's when kids have send the right message back to prospects. On a team that should be better too. Should be better. And it's going to have a lot of national attention, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. Texas is going to be ranked top 10 preseason. They're going to go to Alabama. Game day is going to be there. It's going to be hyped up. Texas moving to the SEC. And that's the other piece we don't talk about. I think we'll always, we could talk about this for days and we'd underrate how important the move is to the SEC and recruiting. Uh, because the reality is when you talk to these kids, that's all they know. For the yeah. last five, six, seven years, that's all they talk about is I want to play in the SEC. All right. Let's go to this one because I thought this was good. You mentioned Leonga LaFowle. Uh, we actually asked a trivia – not a trivia question, a poll question today asking who people thought would be the most impactful true true freshman on the uh, YouTube community board uh, for On Texas Football. Make sure you log your answer or uh, respond the way you would like to on that. Uh, but, Jerry, this is from Too Broke to Pay Attention. What's the feeling around the program about linebackers on the roster and linebacker recruiting? I feel like most everyone talks about either the DBs or put the lack of push up front from the D from the D line. Jerry, you've already said great things about Jalen Ford. Uh, David Benda, Maurice Blackwell went into spring as the two top uh, candidates opposite Jalen Ford. Anthony Hill came about and said, wait a minute, I'm going to be in this discussion too. Um, and he may be the best, he may be the best pass rusher on the team, much less right. freshman. Um, and so I, I feel like you and I talked about this. Jeff Choate did a whale of a job um, in recruiting this class. class. Yeah. No questions asked. Uh, Anthony Hill, Leonga Fowl, Samaj Burrell, Tassilia Khanna um, did a tremendous job. The question I have is, you know, as we look at this, they're not going to, and we've talked about it already, they're not going to be able to take multiples at linebacker this year, right? Maybe one, definitely one, maybe two at most, and it would have to be the elite of the elite, right? Yeah, and and I look, I think uh, June 20th is the week. It's not a weekend. It's the midweek visits, early week visits. Ty Anthony Smith, who was at AM this weekend, he'll go to USC the 16th through 18th out of Jasper. Uh, Texas has been all in on him. He's 6'1 and a change up to 210 pounds. He's probably got a 6'7, uh, 6'8 six, six, wingspan, very long arms. Came off a knee injury in basketball sophomore year to be really good on the football field again. Smart guy, can call a defense. He can play in the play Mike. You can move him out. 
play him off the edge because he's got that length. Um, but then a Kamar Mathudi, the kid coming in from Campbell Hall in Los Angeles, who's a considered a big-time Oregon lean, 6'3", 215 pounds, plays at one of the smaller school private schools, plays running back, plays linebacker, puts up monster numbers, plays until he cramps, right? Um, he's coming in that same time, June 20th through 22nd. And the reason Ty Anthony Smith is coming in there is he's got a family vacation cruise, the weekend of the 23rd, 5th, it starts that weekend. So he had to, Texas had to bring him in earlier, especially considering he'll uh, make his decision uh, before his senior season. So Ty Anthony Smith, look, Justin Williams is not happening with Texas. You're not going to get everybody. Nobody gets everybody. Um, that one's going to Georgia or Oregon. Ty Anthony Smith is very good in his own right. Um, Kamar Mathudi is a guy who's really grown on colleges that went to see him in May. Uh, so uh, Texas could take one. They could take two if it's the right two guys. But I think what Jeff Choate did really well is Anthony Hill's a tremendous downhill player, and I think Leona LaFowle is really good in coverage. I, I think those guys play well together on the field at linebacker. I don't know your thoughts, Bobby. I, I think that's a great point. I hadn't really thought about it uh, because I've been more hyper-focused on short-term and the idea that Jalen Ford's there, Maurice Blackwell, David Benda, as well as uh, – Anthony Hill. So uh, I, I think that it's good if those guys do play well together. I think I get the feeling um, that LaFau is more of a cerebral type player uh, and still very tough minded, all of those traits. Whereas Hill, he may be cerebral and tough minded as well, but he's just such a phenomenal athlete. That's kind of the first things first, right? That you really look at. Yeah, we absolutely. I mean, look, Anthony Hill is see ball, hit ball, find ball, hit ball guy. I mean, and he's tremendous at it. He is a, his draft stock will come down to him being able to play in space too, right? Ultimately where you can be a first rounder, second rounder, whatever, but he's a heck of a talent downhill. Lone foul, so instinctive in coverage. Uh, by the way, question, I think Raymond Vell is asking how Darian Gillette is doing. Had in the injury, missed his whole senior year. Um, in spring practice, he suited up, didn't do much. He couldn't really do much. Texas has taken it slow because he's a guy that has to learn a position, whether it's going to be edge or whether it's going to be a linebacker. He's a guy who played wide receiver, safety, edge, linebacker, even quarterback younger in high school. He's never settled on a position, a lot like Jelani McDonald. So he's coming off in the injury. He's been ahead of schedule from everything we've heard. But he's a guy who will redshirt, and they'll develop him at a position this year. But, hey, frame-wise, they're in athleticism, Bobby. If he comes all the way back from that knee injury, I mean, you'd agree there weren't many better pound-for-pound pound in the country uh, with explosive ability at 6'3", 230 than Darren Gallat. No, and, and Eric Nalin, publisher of Inside Texas, reported today that Gallat is expected to be full go yeah. come August. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great report. Unless I'm just missing something, I need I may need some help. Longhorns. Uh, have got two outs in the top of the ninth. They get, they need one more out. They get it. They're going to the Super Regional in baseball. Uh, that would be a big win by David Pierce and his group, in my opinion, after having an up-and-down year that culminated uh, with the Big 12 uh, co-championship, I guess, but then getting uh, unceremoniously booted out of the Big 12 championship pretty early. All right, Jerry, I want to ask you a couple other things here. This from East 8th. Going into spring, it seemed like both of you felt like Chris Ross was at the bottom of the defensive line room. Correct. 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 But his get-off is special. Do you think he ends up playing significantly this year? The answer is – I'll, I'll put my answer out there, and, Jerry, you can add yours. He actually had a good spring. So some guys, you know, he, he decided he was going to be an outside edge guy 
as, as opposed to trying to gain weight and end up being an interior guy. And he actually so, showed some ability as a pass rusher. The question I have now, is he going to get on the field even so? Because if they ever happen to move Anthony Hill outside during pass rush situations, that's less room for a guy like Chris Ross. Jerry? Yeah, yeah. Ross's strength in high school was he was a disruptive player. He was quicker than most, especially. And he's just an interest. He's always been an interesting guy to me, Bobby, because he was 267 pounds his last game in high school. And he, yeah, Texas won. And he's 245, 246 now. Guys don't normally go to college and lose 20 pounds that play defensive tackle. So he's an anomaly to start. But one thing he always had was an 82-inch wingspan and really quick feet, right? So if he's going to play on the edge at 6'2", 255, he's got that frame and that skill to become a pass rushing uh, type of player for Texas. And you know what? Look, if you hit on a guy like that, that's a huge win because that wasn't one that was being counted on as an edge player when they recruited him. Yeah, a big win for David Pierce and his his friends. I agree with you on Chris Ross, Jerry. This one, East eights I'm going to stay with him because I think he's on to something here uh, a little bit. No one has talked about Cam Williams putting some dominant run blocks on people at guard in the spring game including whipping Alfred Collins multiple times. He's got a shot at guard in the fall. I wouldn't say no one's talked about it East, East 8th. We talked about it a little bit. What is your thought on Cam Williams possibly being that next guard instead of Neto, instead of DJ Campbell? Your thoughts? I think he's got the highest upside of all of them. I mean, I, I, that's just it. I mean, and I don't think that's like stepping out on some ledge. I mean, he's – Six six three for fifty and and moves like he's two ninety right. I mean, and he's got length and he's got strong hands. His whole thing is, um, he, he had to learn to pass set at the at the college level. Uh, then he had to learn hand placement. Then he had to learn really staying balanced, right? Which is things that's not talked about with an offensive lineman. But when the light comes on, I don't say if. When the light comes on and all this clicks with him. It's a high NFL draft pick type of guy. And I think you'd agree with that. And the question is, what position is it going to be and when does it happen? I think you want to see some signs of it this year, but next year was when he really starts to take off. People want to know who he looks like or physically. And Dallas Cowboy fans will say, will, will probably get upset at this comparison because he false started so much during his career. But he was a starting left tackle in the NFL, and that's Flozell Adams. No. I mean, he's just – I mean, people, you, people that big are not supposed to be as athletic as Cam Williams are. Yeah. I mean, you've and for been Texas fans and for Texas fans, maybe Mike Williams from the college. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he's bigger than Mike. He's bigger. No. He, yeah. I mean, I, I stood, I've been next to those guys. Mike, Mike's more like six, five ish, six, yeah. five and a half. Yeah. Cam Williams, big old dude now. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's huge. All right, Jerry, this is a fun one uh, for me and you from Nathan. Do y'all feel like Texas needs to start recruiting more of a certain trait or kind of player at any position? I, You know, edge is interesting to me because I think you have to have a certain amount of arm length, but I think the height may be overrated as far as being a pass rusher. There's a lot of really good pass rushers that don't fit the 6'4", 260-pound profile. Now, those guys aren't recruited by Georgia and Alabama, to be fair. But you can find really good pass rushers 
in the evaluation part of this that maybe have the length of a 6'3 guy in, in the athleticism you're looking for in a 6'1 and a half frame. But I think that is the one thing from a pass rush standpoint that you might have to break away from that perfect guy and find the perfect pass rusher. I don't know what your thoughts are. I think that, you know, size is size can be one of those things that is overrated because I think of Dwight Freeney, Von Miller, not, not ideal size guys. At the same time, you take too many of those guys and all of a sudden none of them can rush the pasher. Right. You know, and so you can't take too many no. of those guys. Um, I would say that of any any certain trait or kind of player at that position, um, or at any position, no. And I, I will say this: um, I am I am very as someone that's followed recruiting for. I mean, going back to my days as a student at Texas, I was helping cut up recruiting film. Um, I am very pleased with where Texas is from an evaluation standpoint. Yeah, right now. agree. Very, very pleased. There's a couple reasons for that. One, they don't give up. Okay. Guys say no, they still hang around the rim. You know, you, yep. you use that vernacular, Jerry, and I agree yep. with it. Okay. Two, great, very good evaluators. Yes. And have a group of people evaluating. And it's not just one person. It's multiple people getting a look at guys. There's no you know, kind of fly-by-night offers going out the window. So they're judicious about it, right, Jerry? Yep. And then the last one the last one is this. I've said this before. I don't know if it's Billy Glasscock, the, the director of player personnel, um, Brandon Harris. I don't know if it's Sark. I don't know if it's PK or whoever. They all, all of them, like players that play through contact. 100%. At every single position. You know, you can't be a flyer. You can't be Xavier Worthy and not play through contact. They wouldn't They wouldn't go for it. Right. And I think that uh, is one of the reasons why I, uh, as a guy that's watched this a long time, feel so strongly about what they're doing right now from a recruiting perspective. Well, it, it, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head. They hang around the rim, recruit through the whistle, whatever terms we want to use. But the, the way you're great in evaluation is if you're patient. The way you mess up an evaluation is if you take 20 guys early nowadays. It, it, because it's easy to do it because these kids want to decide so early. Texas could have 10 or 12 commitments right now. I don't think that would be – that would have been walking away from what got them back-to-back -to -back top five classes. And I'm glad they haven't changed their approach. Great recruiting is, is continuing to evaluate through senior seasons on kids. Warren Roberson, I mean, there's been a number of guys – Look, and people that act like that doesn't happen at Georgia and Alabama, it does. It may not happen, but on the couple of guys. But those programs are the same way. Nick Saban never stops evaluating kids. If you stop evaluating kids, that's when you start making mistakes. It's amazing. Uh, I really like what they're doing right now because I just feel like this is how you build a program. Yeah. I mean, people – so it's one thing – and Tom Herman – had a really good year, beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, what would they fend up? 10 and four? Not unbelievable, but a good year. Yeah. He didn't, he couldn't follow it up because he didn't have the firm foundation, in my opinion. Yeah. 
from an athletic standpoint with the team. Hey, uh, we need to hit on something. We've had a few questions on Gavin Holmes. So quick segment with uh, Bobby talking about why Gavin, it, it may be the top DP defensive back on this team. I'll tell you one of the reasons why. And first of all, year, year and a half starter at Wake Forest, really uh, well thought of in that league. There were other guys in that league that Texas could have taken that were more highly ranked that did go to D1 schools. Um, Texas went after him because he's got speed, he's got length, and he has reactive quickness. Yeah. They feel like he is a guy they can put in the on the field in the field corner and not necessarily always have to play somebody over the top of him because PK does like to play people over the top. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and look here, here's the reality for Gavin Holmes. I think some fans may just say he came from Wake Forest, but here's the reality. Wake Forest has won more games in Texas the last two years. Okay. So they got a player who started two years at Wake Forest. Dave Clawson's done an amazing job there. He's a kid from new Orleans who has that chip on his shoulder because he wasn't offered by a lot of people, and now he's getting his chance to prove everybody wrong. Think about Jabari Rice in basketball, how some of this stuff happens with these guys, um, and that's what you kind of look at with Gavin Holmes along with all the things Bobby talked about. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's keep going here. A couple more questions that I wanted to get to. This one is for you, Jerry. Uh, hey, Jerry, this is from Christian. I heard you say that USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten – Hurts recruiting for those guys because of the travel problem. Does that help Texas? I don't know if it. the travel problem is is not. I said because they're cold weather states. Kids generally don't want to go to cold weather states. That Yeah, that was what I hit on. I think it helps Texas in Southern California. I mean, look, here's the reality, though. Lincoln Riley's going to win. Chip Kelly's a good coach and is winning. He just got a really good quarterback last class offensively, it's always going to be tough to go in and get those guys, in my opinion, with Lincoln there. Um, but, look, this is, again, where evaluation comes into play. Kyle Flood, Texas, go out and see Eugene Brooks at Sierra Canyon, the offensive guard, who's now 6'4 half to 335, has lost weight, looked really good in the spring. He's coming in June 16th through 18th. That's a recruitment that I feel like Texas can win. So that's that continued evaluation process. Um, but I think Texas can have success and Steve Sarkeesian's always going to recruit, uh, Phoenix and he's always going to recruit Southern California. That's never going to change no matter how much success he has recruiting East. Um, but I do think the move to the big 10, I'm interested to hear your opinion, Bobby. I think the move to the big 10 gives teams a chance to go in and compete a little bit more because there's just not that many kids that want to go to those cold weather states anymore. And I'm not saying two or some guys always go to Ohio state from California. There's always going to be a few, but I don't think it's a big number that prefer that over the warm weather states. Ohio state and Michigan have done well in California through the years. Yep. Um, the, the reality of it is though, is USC um, and UCLA going to the big 10 I think it helps UCLA's recruiting a little bit um, because it ups their um, uh, Q rating, so to speak, right? Yeah, quarterback from Detroit, Michigan, right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like that is is a misnomer, but I don't think it helps Iowa or Wisconsin go into the yeah. the, the there. And I do think Texas is a easy flight from California. It's the easiest of all the SEC schools. 
The SEC is known as a better conference. USC and UCLA leave Stanford, Cal, Arizona, Arizona State, even Oregon in yep. some regards out to dry, Washington. And so, you know, guy wants to go to a power conference. He's probably not staying in the pack, whatever it's going to be called, right. if it still exists. Right. Right. All right. Uh, one last question here. We appreciate everybody. First of all, Jerry and I appreciate Absolutely. everyone coming in uh, tonight. Uh, congrats if we didn't get your question tonight, fire them off Tuesday. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, but we wanted to recap this week. Before I get to this last question, uh, Jerry and I uh, have talked about K.J. Lacey, uh, the quarterback out of Sarah Land committing. That's what really uh, prompted us to want to do this tonight uh, because we thought it's such a big deal, as well as uh, such a big recruiting weekend as well. Uh, Ryan Swanson, uh, the big tight end out of Laguna Beach, uh, he has visited Texas this past week. Uh, Jerry had a conversation with him. And then all those guys that came in, the new offers, some of the 2025s, just a lot of different guys. Uh, Jerry, I have two questions for you. One from David Williams. It seems that Texas has shied away from Michael Uni. That is somewhat true. I think he may not be priority one, right? Um, is is that because he would be – is he just not as good as maybe some other guys? Or are they trying to be more selective? What's, what's, what's going on there? And then yeah. I have another follow-up question also, Jerry, yeah. that I want to put into this category with you. The, the next group of offensive linemen, is there a rank order from the 16th or the 23rd weekend, or are they all kind of the similar guys that are coming in on those two weekends? Yeah, I think so. Initially, when Texas scheduled five guys for officials, the 23rd through 25th, um, that was Michael Uni was not included in that, but then he showed up at the spring game. Texas and him started engaging in more conversations, but he never backed off one of those June visits to set up Texas. Now, I think Texas would love to get him in in the fall for an official visit. Uh, Brandon Baker has backed off that fall timeline. DeAndre Carter may still be on a fall timeline. Um, so, uh, again, this staff never stops recruiting. Uh, but Uini was at Clemson this weekend. I believe he's got Florida. He's got Michigan. Uh, maybe he has Georgia or LSU. Um, but he didn't back off any of those visits and, and, and work to schedule something uh, in June at Texas. And, Kyle Flood, if you look at his history, has never signed an offensive tackle or lineman that didn't take an official visit. So, I mean, so that knocks it out immediately. But here's the here's the flip side of that. Ori Williams backed off his Texas official visit. We broke that news on Inside Texas. He was at Florida this weekend. So now Texas only has four guys coming in the 23rd through 25th. And they have Eugene Brooks. They have Blake Ivey coming in the 16th through 18th. Those are interior guys. Uh, so there's going to be another tackle spot open in this class and we'll see if Texas maybe makes another push at uh, Uini. All right. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, uh, Inside Texas, thank you so much. If you want more information on recruiting, uh, our guys got it. Not only Jerry, but Justin Wells, Joe Cook was out there, Eric Nalene, our publisher. They were all in Austin yesterday covering the big uh, junior day event that uh, the Longhorns had. Uh, also, uh, congrats to the Texas baseball team headed to the Super Regional now. And congrats to K.J. Lacey, uh, the latest Longhorn, uh, the quarterback out of Sarah Land in Alabama, 6A state champ, commits to the Longhorns over the weekend. Jerry, appreciate it, bud. We'll do it again yeah. Tuesday night. Uh, also, I'll have Justin Wells on Monday as well, around 11 or 12. It should be up and running for you guys. Thanks for watching. This has been Livestream with On Texas Football.